Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, AKA Escape in the Matrix. In part two of the interview with Brent Herrich, we talk more about his run for office and key issues that affect us all nationally. If you enjoyed this interview or any of the discussions we have on PTG TV, please leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. I do enjoy the feedback. As always, thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy. Love you. I tell my children no about things all the, I mean I have gotten the note from my 10 year old all you ever say is no well when you're asking if you can jump off of the deck 10 feet down to the trampoline the answer is no I don't <laughs> I don't lose any sleep over the emotional trauma I gave you by saying no because that is not safe I am a parent I am not here to suggest doing dumb things when it's you know there are times when i have to make an actual yes or no decision and i try to go on the side of yes but if you ask 10 illegitimate yes or no questions where life safety is involved and you get 10 no's you can't get mad and just say all you say is no it's kind of one of those, well, I'm helping you learn how to get through life. And that means remaining alive. And so I, I take that responsibility to heart that I need her to stay alive. But it, it's just people will make up the answer based upon scanning the room of what they think the people want to hear, either by stereotype or by pre-knowledge of who they're talking to and the politicians will not have the answer but make up that answer and they will go into another room and do the same dance and make up a different answer and just hope those two groups don't talk to each other instead of telling both of them I don't know I don't know right let me look at it like <laughs> don't know because I know you're going to quote me on it so I would rather say I don't know and look like I honestly don't know than make it up and get caught in the, well, you told Joe this and you told Brian that and then you told Jeff this other thing. Which one is it? Well, you know, it's all in the eye of, no, you blew smoke to three people. Right. Let's just be honest. Let's let's just. Let's do this. Let's go out and help people. And sometimes you can help a group of people more than it helps the other, but it's helping people. Let's do it. You know, it, it, it I'm not saying like, oh, let's openly hurt one person to help another. Mm-hmm. And that's how that comment would be construed if I didn't add to it. But it's a matter of just because it helps someone else. That doesn't mean it hurt you because it didn't help you. And all too often, that is the view. Well, Shelly's going to get this, and I don't get anything. Well, that didn't hurt you. It helped her. Let's help her. What's it, you know, like, it's this, uh, this thing about... And maybe it comes from the statement of my dad that he pounded in my head when I was young. Life is not fair, but we can all care and work 
to make it a little bit more fair, you just have to change your view of what fair is. Mm-hmm. And if helping Sally helps her, that makes her life a little bit more fair. And if her life is a little bit more fair, then life is just a little bit more fair mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah, that's like, why do we have a problem with? I just want to say, I, I always talk about it a lot. It's like, we become, we're not become, we are a selfish nation. Like, we don't do enough to help out everybody because we're so much worried about ourselves. And I'm like, what's wrong with, like, me coming from the deep south, that's what I grew up on. Like, we, we always made sure that our neighbors were our family. And if you didn't have it and we have it, you have it. There was always, there was never a, something that you didn't have that we had that you never didn't have access to. I don't care if it was food. I don't care if it was, you know, needing transportation to and from work or picking up kids. That's, that, I mean, that's how I grew up. But now as I've gotten older, that way of life has like gone out the window and people have just become selfish. Like people don't, I mean, I myself, I don't <laughs> I don't know who half my neighbors are. I know one of them are because one of them is because she's an older, uh, older lady. She's a seasoned person. I mean, she came over and introduced herself to me when I first moved into my neighborhood. And we've just maintained a relationship. And it's like, because she's an older person, I have to make sure I watch out for her and take care of her because, you know, I brought up taking care of the seniors. But as a nation, yeah, we don't do that. We we worry more about what we have inside of our house. And even at the, 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 the means that we don't have enough, but we still like to worry about how much rich people are getting taxed or how much we're going to increase the tax for people that we ourselves don't even talk to or even associate with. Because I'm always confused at why somebody that's technically they're on a low income level, they're poor, going by, you know, our, our numbers and stuff, but they're worried about how much we want to tax a billionaire. Because it's the lottery problem. Every, no one buys a lottery ticket and says, okay, I spent $2, I'm going to throw it away. It's, I spent $2 and I'm going to be rich. I mean, that's the mindset they put into it. And everyone thinks when I hit that jackpot, I don't want to pay that much money in taxes and I'm going to hit that jackpot. So I want to make sure that when I hit it, Mm -hmm. I don't have to give my money away to everybody else. They don't understand the lottery overall in most states is just a poor tax. It's just a... We're going to offer a dream and have you guys buy it. And we're going to say the lottery fund schools. And then as soon as they can figure out how much the lottery will put into whatever, they pass a tax cut for the rich because they're like, now we have $300 million for schools. So we can cut the state budget by $300 million. And they're still selling this hope. And these people look at it like, I could win this lottery. Oh my gosh, I just came up with the pet rock and I'm going to be a millionaire. I with, yep. I could have that next idea. And I don't want to have to pay those that high level of tax. I mean, I had a $10 billion idea and all I got was $900 million because they taxed the rest of it away. It, it It's that concept that we've, that we've instilled in our children to, to be selfish, mm-hmm. to, to not 
hey, you could be the next Henry Ford that has a good idea and works hard and builds an empire. No, it's you could be the next Henry Ford. You could just wake up and be him and have an empire. It's mm-hmm. and Jeff Bezos. <clears throat> Some things about what he's done more recently versus the the origins of Amazon. But he started Amazon out of a garage. That was ingenuity. That was pushing through. He had a ton of, of good lucky breaks, good timing, everything else. He's made a ton of money. But nothing about taxing just Jeff Bezos should discourage somebody from that next idea but that's how they play it is if we tax Jeff, Jeff Bezos what's what's going to motivate the next person from creating the next Amazon the 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 GOP side is three word chance and absolutely masters of inverting any message that that the Democrats have of where it's going to help it's oh no that's going to stop this mm-hmm. oh you're going to tax Jeff that's going to stop Jane from from trying mm-hmm. because what's the point of only you know like they, they 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 literally want to stifle things by saying well what's the point of trying you know if if you're just going to taking the world's richest person down a peg to the world's richest person is not taking them down a peg. No. No. I mean, it's just like the gentleman that's in your state, and I forgot what company he has, but he decided to pay all of his employees 70000 a year. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan, and I can't remember his last name, starts with a P. Um, I don't think it's Dan Price, and now I'm going to get flamed on Twitter, but but yes, I know I know who you're speaking of. Yes. And they came back and did a follow with him because they would everybody swore to God that him doing that, his company would want to tank out. He wasn't gonna have anything. And then they came back and followed up with him and his his stock alone has already doubled. The the net income coming into the company itself has doubled and he's doing better than he's ever done before. Yeah, and I believe I believe he I know he raised the minimum wage there to seventy five thousand dollars a year. But uh-huh. I believe I saw an article that he went to 80 because he, the original experiment at 70,000 mm-hmm. has the, the 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 bottom rung starting wage and everyone is open to talk about whatever their wages know. Oh, don't say what you make, because like that, that when he removed all that, it was 70. I know I saw uh, for certain it was 75, but I think he might have, because it started like three or four years ago. I believe mm-hmm. he's gotten it up to 80 now. Yeah, and that's, I'm like, so if he can do it, you know, why don't everybody else do it? But again, you know, you have to care about people. You have to care about your employees. Because I hate the term that people use, like somebody's a self-made millionaire. I was like, nobody's a self-made anything. Nobody's self-made. Because I'm like, to, for you to even have the success that you have right now, 
It took somebody to believe in your idea. It took for people to want to actually buy your product. I was like, it took a lot of things to get to get you to where you get a marketing team to even market it to regular people for us to see it and actually want to go in and purchase it. So I was like, nobody's self-made. It took people to get you where you are. So why want you get to where you are? You decided to screw everybody that helped you out and get up to that level. Well, yeah, it's, it's it, and that's exactly the argument about Amazon as far as, okay, great. You had the idea, you had the ingenuity, you had the perseverance, but all those books had to move around the country and they either had to travel on a truck down a road mm-hmm. that, that was infrastructure or they had to get loaded onto an airplane at an airport to take off from and land on that that's infrastructure. And then they had to get, you know, that, there's all these other things that allow businesses to be successful um, you know that that have to be looked at but get overlooked and get get almost like no don't look over there look over here treatment from some of uh, at least my opposition from oh no that's not infrastructure look over there and and <laughs> it's it, like you know all of those things and, mm. and that's that's what people lose track of. And and people like, you know, the the shiny lights. Uh, you know, I mean that's one of the and and politicians all too often are really good at putting up the shiny lights. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I just want to actually represent the people here, be accessible to the people here. So I can, if you don't listen to them, how are you going to represent them? So I just want to go do the job. I I want to go represent people and, and, and do what we can to, to make steps towards a better next generation. So in your opinion, what does it mean to be accessible? Because I, I talk about that a lot when it comes to technology. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people don't even know what their local politicians are doing, their local elected are doing versus your federal. And I'm like, we have so many avenues for people to become connected that nobody even, I mean, heck, we walk around with computers in our pocket. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they're smartphones, but nobody ever uses them to tell their constituents or anybody what the hell it is that they're doing while they're in the office when they're the ones actually paying for it. So what does it mean to me? I'm going to a little rant. What does it mean to you to be accessible? Well, what it means to, to, to me is we have a, currently our congressman is not accessible. I do not know a single person who has reached out to her and actually gotten her attention. Yes, people have gotten her staff's attention for this or that, but but there is no direct interaction unless it's some sort of scheduled event and she'll walk a rope line and, and shake some hands. But as far as I want to talk to my, co- no, no, that just, and people can bring up the, the two or four times where it's happened, but it's just so infrequent. I have over the past decade reached out to her office at least twice, but I believe it's three times, never anything more than a form letter. Thank you for your concern, you know, response. Um, to me, accessible is anyone can go to my Twitter right now and look at anything that I've tweeted and go look at the comments. 
and look and see the, the, the replies and then the replies from me back to those people. And the things like I put out a tweet once a month, three every three to five weeks. Hey, if you live in Washington's third, please comment down below with your zip code. I want to follow my constituents here. Mm-hmm. And I interact with those people. There's there's an account. I do not know the person's actual name, but he calls himself Peace, Love and Hockey. And he truly loves hockey. And the other day he said, oh, my God, this is terrible. And I said, oh, I'd be worried, but it's probably somebody just scored on your team. And he re- responded back with, well, actually, no. My team is doing horrible, but this is... And then we had a conversation. It it had nothing to do with politics. It's because I was actually kind of being sarcastic, but wanting to to interact Mm -hmm. and and be available. And those people already know. They can send me a DM. They'll get a response. It might not be instantaneous. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked my... uh, Notifications, where are we at right now? Oh, it's only showing 20 at the moment, but I guarantee you there's more DMs than that. But it's like, I've been at this for an hour. I'm busy, I can't do it now, but I will get back to these people and I will stay up a bit later and respond. That's accessibility and it's actually me. And it's, hey, I don't believe in in this. Okay, well, I personally do. We can have a discussion on it. We can, you may change my mind. There are topics you can. There are things that are guardrail issues that you won't. And I'll say, you're perfectly free to air your thoughts. You're mine. And this is a core principle of myself being me. Mm-hmm. So... Don't expect it to change, but know that I've listened. Um, and, and that's what I believe a lot of being a representative is, is telling the constituents who you are and and being, you know, this is what you stand for to earn the majority's vote. But right. once you've earned that, you must listen to those that agree with you, that disagree with you, And there are those issues in the middle where if it's you've got 60 percent of your constituents and it's one of those issues and they're saying, no, it needs to be this way. You're their representative. You you go represent them. But when it comes to an issue like pro-choice, I am beyond 100 percent pro-choice. Every single constituent can line up at my door and say, no, I want you to be pro-life. And I'll say, sorry, that's not who I am and not who you voted for. I made it clear when I was running, I understand single issue voters and this may be your loud single issue. Nothing is going to change that. I told you nothing is gonna change that. I'll sleep fine tonight knowing that I went against the constituents on that topic that I was clear about mm-hmm. as inflexible. Other issues don't really have one right now to suggest, but if it's one of the, you know, if it's whether or not we need to be investing in more solar or more wind turbines, mm-hmm. and then you're looking at 
the differences in 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 cost benefit and land use and and how the whatever and they're looking and everyone comes to you and says no we really want it to be in wind turbines versus solar it's like okay my constituents have spoken they'd mm-hmm. rather look at wind turbines than fields of solar panels mm-hmm. I'll vote for wind turbines yeah. you know I don't have a preconceived whatever you look at the information from the specialist you process it and even if they want to go with the one that's slightly not as good as the other but that's what they really want then you follow that if it doesn't harm people right. so, so that's you know so you gear more on data driven conversation as opposed to opinion based conversation yes. whereas anybody that comes at me with I believe I say well that's good for you <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I mean, that's, that's a good response to pull. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily, if they're coming at me, like, you know, like say it that harsh, that direct, that, but <laughs> everyone is entitled to believe <laughs> whatever want. they want. You know, yeah. like, it, well, I believe this vaccine no that's great you believe it that doesn't make it true like right. it's you know <laughs> i go by numbers i go by data i go by you know like well i believe it's hurting my children for them to to wear this this uniform or or for them to not wear it okay that's great that's your belief but we're not going to legislate in school uniforms and we're not going to legislate the uniforms can't be used because no that's your belief versus their belief like Mm -hmm. good for you (laughs) you know like you know it it just if you don't want peanut butter don't eat peanut butter like i don't your belief that peanut butter is disgusting doesn't mean no one should be allowed to have peanut butter yeah, we have. I'm not going to call her name. We have someone here that's totally against like the Green New Deal, and but within her district, the major employer within her district are solar panels. They, they work on green energy. <laughs> it's like so. I'm like, you're against something, but the people within your district survive off of clean energy. So I'm like, so oh, you're not really working in conjunction with your constituents. But well, they might not believe it, but that's the job they have. Well, yeah, but it. And, and part of that goes to, but did she run on the fact that she was anti-Green New Deal and these people voted for it? Yes. Or, but then there's <laughs> something to be said if she's truly anti-Green New Deal. And I'm not saying I am or that I'm just saying, but no, we just I put out, <laughs> I'm just saying I put out there, I am 100% pro-choice. If, like I said, if people come stacking up like cordwood mm-hmm. about being pro-life well then vote for somebody else next time because i'm that part of me isn't going to change um and i have not read the entirety of the green new deal i understand the building blocks the bones the everything else of it but simply put there's parts of that legislation that that there's parts that multiple people support and other parts people support it's it's a lot at once and it, it feels it feels a bit like we want all of this or nothing versus that there's any sort of compromise. So do you know the Build Back Better agenda? 
I mean, I know I, I understand a lot of it. I have not had the chance to read through every page of it. So if if you look at because <laughs> I, I mean, I read through both of them. If you look at the Green New Deal and then you look at the Build Back Better agenda, they're almost the same thing. They're literally almost the same thing. I think what hit what hurt the Green New Deal was a branding behind it and a person that supported it. So if you have taken if you have taken those individuals just, out of it, I think it would have gotten more support. It would have, and not and the marketing of it from New Deal. Um yes. and 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 all of those aspects of it. But I'm just saying that it's a matter of just because you're making your living off of solar panels with Green New Deal, it's a matter of you can be making your living by building and selling solar panels. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and that, but you maybe also own cattle farms and you got somehow convinced that they actually wanted people to turn vegan, which they didn't. I know that. But there are people that believe that that aspect of it, so they could be on this person's side that says she wants to vote against it because somehow they think having a stake is more important than... I. I that's the part of, of the job that is the human element that's so confusing. Yeah, I have a thing to where... When it comes, even when it comes to this show itself, I don't discuss policy, but I don't discuss policy for a reason because not everybody's going to agree with all the policy. I rather people know the individual and know who you're voting for and know what, um, what they stand for and go with them as opposed to going with policy beliefs. Cause like I said, with policy beliefs, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to agree with everything. Well, you're not. And it's also a matter of that, you know, the, the policy of today uh, is not the policy that uh, well, hopefully the policy of today is not what I'm going to have to concern myself with in a year and a half when I get there because hopefully they will have passed it and that will be enacted policy and it's what's on the horizon and I've told a lot of people you know hey I'm running because I believe in this this and this but half of the job, and I don't believe in obstruction, but half the job is defending things that have already been done. Right. We, we need to pass the Voting Rights Act. We absolutely have to pass the Voting Rights Act. And I, I, I really believe if we don't pass that, then nothing else really, it, it, like, it... it Pass the bill back better. Pass this. Pass. If we can't get voting rights passed, then the next thing that happens is going to be everything flips. The Republicans are going to tear it all down. Yep. We're still not going to have voting rights to ever get any power back. Yep. And they will gut and gut and gut and gut and, and keep segregating and limiting and everything else. And we are going to end up in a situation where 80, 20% of the people are deciding 100% of the power and policy. And it comes back to, I want Build Back Better, but I want voting rights more. Mm -hmm. I I truly believe, get us voting rights. Somehow we will limp past this next election and we will get people hired that will do and pass all the things that Build Back Better is. You know, but 
running around and, and, you know, we needed the infrastructure win. We need the infrastructure. We need the human infrastructure and the green infrastructure of, of Build Back Better. But if we don't get voting rights passed, that's what we're built on is mm-hmm. voting and voting rights. Mm-hmm. And I am in a red, currently red district in Washington, super blue Washington, because we can be red, because we're going to already have an over $15 an hour minimum wage in a year and a half. That's already passed. So talking about a $15 minimum wage with constituents here is like, but we have that. Mm -hmm. So do you care about us or do you care about people in a different state? Which one is it? When you talk about Medicaid expansion uh, and, and raising the, the the income level to to get access to Medicaid. What do you know? We're in blue Washington. We're, we're at 300% of the federal poverty level. You get Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't affect people in the, the same. So we can be read here. There are things we do care. The climate and being able to to have you know the whole of a person be able to live a whole life truly matters but finding those resonating issues is more difficult especially when we're running against uh some extreme MAGA candidates and we have a top two primary it doesn't matter who the top two are they're the two that go through Two Republicans, they go to the general. Two Democrats, they go to the general. A Democrat-Republican, which it traditionally is, they go to the general. We also have a sore loser law. If I lose in the primary, I cannot run a write-in campaign. You've you've lost in the you've lost in the cycle. Mm-hmm. You're out. You're, you're you've you've lost. And so we we did that when we went to top two. And there's only been a couple of districts that have ever had just uh, two Democrats. I don't believe there's ever been one that had two Republicans. Um, But this cycle, it it could appear and it could appear here because of this MAGA, you know, uh, gaining steam. And right now I'm pulling in polling in second position ahead of our current incumbent behind a MAGA Trump backed challenger and the trump back challenger um while he and i do not share views on topics obviously similar age similar backgrounds as far as uh parental everything else his career was in the army mine was in but coming out of it it's these extreme views but he's gotten trump's backing he has raised over $1.1 million and I'm sitting uh, as of last quarter at just over $25,000 and I'm doing this grassroots every tweet every whatever uh, trying to get you know another $22 donation another $10 donation oh my goodness when you get a 22 and it's reoccurring and you're like okay next month on this day I know I'm not throwing a goose egg because Mm -hmm. I'm reaching out and connecting to somebody that wants to give me $22 a month. This race is going to be four and a half million dollars. So it's going to take a lot of $22 
to mm-hmm. add up to four and a half million dollars. I know that, but I don't have another choice. I am, I'm running and I'm going to keep stepping forward every day. I mean, I think it's what you do should do. I, I hate when people focus so much on on the money itself. Is the money important? Absolutely. Do you need money to help pay for staff if you have staff? Absolutely. But to me, it's like when the first thing somebody asks you when you introduce yourself is how much money have you raised? I was like, okay, do you want to know who the hell I am? I was like, try they asking. Don't. That's the thing. <laughs> like, try asking. Let's have a conversation before you start talking about how much money have I raised? Because to me, that to, that's their opinion on how well they think you'll do if you have if mm-hmm. you raised if you have depending on how much you've raised. I have a list of at least six people that are ready to endorse me. Mm-hmm. But there is a deposit threshold I have to break through and then those endorsements will start falling in. It's but without the endorsements, it's really hard to raise the money. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's, it, I, I refer to it all the time. It's the chicken and the egg. It's, it's, you know, you need this to get this, but you have to have this to get this. And this is why wealthy people end up in politics because they have wealthy friends. They step out there. They call all their wealthy friends that can afford to just send them max donation or whatever else. But they mm-hmm. call down their Rolodex and they get this whatever. And they say, oh, yeah, I launched the campaign. I'm at this many hundred thousand dollars. And people are like, oh, wow, they're whatever. And that makes noise. And then other people and, and they they go off on their run. Mm-hmm. And I... I come from a middle-class family. I I had a great upbringing. I'm not saying anything about that, but I'm not surrounded by wealthy people. Um, And my career in the movie theater industry and my wife's uh, in the restaurant and service industry, we're surrounded by people in similar, if not a bit less uh, situations than us. And with the way COVID went, went in the last year, so many industries in Washington played it very safe. We, we're just starting to reopen here. You know, it, it. my wife is the general manager of an indoor playground. Mm-hmm. She's only been back to work for like eight weeks. Oh, it, wow. It's not been that long. She Her business was closed from March 20th until, uh, well, it's not even eight weeks. She reopened on October 1st went back to work the second week of September. So uh, March 20th of, of 20 mm-hmm. to September 14th of 21, it was just closed. And that's not uncommon around here. And so we didn't have anybody to draw on for that early support. It's all been Twitter. It's been... What? I mean, but I think that's what we need, though. We need more working class people in office because I, they understand the struggle that we all that we all have to go through and we have to deal with. And it's like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's always like I had somebody here last go around. 
and I'm friends with them now, but they were like, we need more uh, lawyers in, in office. I was like, no, we have enough lawyers already. <laughs> I was like, God, no. I was like, we, we need more engineers. We need more working class. We need more blue collar workers. I was like, we need regular people running for office because they understand what people have to, you're making policy for people that you yourself don't even associate with because you're in a different level of income compared to them. And this is where I'm going to come off as conceited. Like, yes, we need more people like me, but we don't need like <laughs> um, we don't need more people that don't just fit the mold because that what got us the representative out of, out of Colorado's third, Georgia's 14th. I mean, just saying, oh, well, we need more people that aren't lawyers or what, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit and not, because, but for some reason, our opposition's like, oh, yeah, they want some more normal people. Let's grab some and throw them in. Like, no, no, like, we, we still need decent races and let this be a job interview where people yeah. look at it and go, I believe this person can do this job. Right. If if I did these interviews with you and, and the other people I've done and people watch them and go, there's no way Brent Henrich can do the job <laughs> and I don't win, then that's fine with me. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of our, com- our competition, look at some of those interviews with some of those people and go, oh, they're going to stir the pot. We're sending them. You know, like it's like no, no. That's that's not that's not helpful either. No, I mean, I'm not saying you know you still got to have some level of qualification, but I'm more I'm I'm more inclined to get people like what we were talking about what you were talking about early on that have come through those hardships and overcame them. Those are people I would love to see in office as opposed to the traditional cookie cutter people that we always get. They're always either the Harper, they've gone to some Ivy League school or, you know, some good school and they just, you know, they're a lawyer or whatnot. Well, yeah. And they they came out of school without student loans, without, you know, right. whatever. And they it it's I, I totally and I'm just pointing out that, that I can be critical of I don't have a college degree. I have a year and a half at LSU. Um, college was not the place for me. It, it just, it wasn't. And I was young and I could probably go back if, if, and if I could work for kids in time. And it, like, if I wanted to go back to college, be very successful at it. And I'm not impugning the people that do two classes at night and, and, you know, online and, and growing through it. I'm just saying when I was 20 years old and, and it was not for me. I was not in the mindset for it. Mm-hmm. I relaunched my career in the movie theater industry. You know, when I came back from LSU, getting right back where I was and kept climbing a ladder and not having a degree never affected my career in the manner of I was going from people seeing me do this job, learning the job above me, finding a way to go there. And the movie theater industry was small enough that mm-hmm. The crossover, people knew my name and and or could easily reference check. And they were more concerned about that than they were what was written on my resume um, in the process. So I I just am saying like there's an aspect of this job that, that can be life experience 
And there are some really, really stupid people that come out of college. I mean, they may have gotten great grades. They may be able to do all like they have no concept of what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. They're they're in their insulated little bubble of happy land. And we need people that can look at things and say, that's not right. And then how do we address it? And mm-hmm. even if we can't fix it, can we make it somewhat better? Yeah, you know, I, I, well, somebody, I say the same thing all the time. I know a lot of smart, stupid people. <laughs> I know a lot of people that have all kind of degrees and letters behind their name, but they're stupid. And I'm just, just being honest. It's I mean, because yeah. I, I know a lot of people, even where I, even in what I do, I, you know, they made it up because of, I don't know, popularity or they just, they were in the right room at the right time. But do they know how to actually do the job? No, absolutely not. Yeah. But, you know, they have the support behind them and they have all the education and stuff behind them and, you know, they got up to where they were. So, as we wind down, how do people get in touch with you? How do people find you? How do people support you? Well, uh, get in touch with me is uh, brenthenrich.com or you can use the shortened link, which is just bh, the number four, c.com uh, and that'll get you uh, to my standard website issues, you know, donate tab, shop tab, where you can get a t-shirt, all, all the standard information. And there's links down at the bottom for social media, but truly to get a hold of me, uh, the easiest way is on Twitter at B Henrich. So at B H E N N R I C H. Uh, that is myself, my campaign manager, deputy campaign manager have access to my, that Twitter account only to be able to see to, to you know uh, I've seen other politicians have people have accusations come up like oh they're doing this or saying like but my they don't interact on it but they can look at whatever if you know I, I don't expect it but this day and age you're going to get accused of something so more transparency mm-hmm. the better to be you know Hey, there's there's nothing here. So, uh, but if you're interacting with that, me, Henrich, you're interacting with myself directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, there's a donate link on my website, but also you can go to bh the number four c dot win, and that'll take you straight to my Secure Act Blue website uh, or web donation page. And Act Blue has verified and vetted everything that I'm really a candidate. I'm really running. And, uh, uh, you know, after everything that's happened the last few years, it's an honest thing to be afraid of. People don't want to get grifted from. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm really here. I'm really running. And I'm running to represent the people of Washington's third and to make things better for the people of Washington's third and the people all across this country. So one thing I do ask my guests, if you if you feel comfortable doing so is, <laughs> and you're on Twitter, I always talk about Twitter. Twitter is surrounded by a ton of chaos. You can't find some good things on chaos, but I hardly ever see a lot of people planting flowers in uh, on Twitter. So if you can provide a word of encouragement to those that's listening in, I ask it of all of my guests to come on. You know, life is what you make of it. And uh, sometimes you get dealt a bad hand and and sometimes that's all you're able to get. And I'm not saying anything other than, but you, 
it can get better. It will get better. The sun comes up in the next day and, and you get another chance at it. You know, when you when you have a bad day and you're able to just go to bed and you wake up the next morning, you, you live with, with what happened yesterday, but you, you're able to not necessarily start anew, but start again. Um, after I lost my daughter, uh, it, it was hard to, to understand that at all, but it's been nine years and now actually the days leading up to the anniversary uh, are harder than the actual the actual day when it you know anniversary the actual day when it happened. It's it's one of those you build up the dread and then you you go on and, and every day it, it, every year it gets a little bit better and that's my my thing is I is I've lived it and I know that it it can get better if you want it to. You know, if I had wanted every year for that day to just be the worst thing ever, I'm sure I could continue to make it that. But I, I don't. I want to feel better. I want to remember my daughter. And I want to go forward and uh, carry her with me, not waller uh, in, in in her loss. All right, bro. Thank you for becoming on, Brent. I really appreciate the conversation. And I mean, good luck on your race. I will be following up with you <laughs> and see how okay. things are. We can follow with both of each other because our, our yeah. primaries around the same time frame. So what I want to yeah. leave everybody with, kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, is just believe in yourself because how can you expect anybody to believe in you and provide for you if you don't even have the encouragement to trust in what you're doing and the action that you take to get you throughout your day? So I am Antonio Hicks. You can find me on uh, P. TGTV.online. My campaign is Antonio Hicks for Congress.com. I am on all social media platforms on Twitter. I am ACH. Uh, yeah, ACH for Congress. But you can find all of my social media handles on my website. So thank you again for coming on, Brent. It was a great conversation. Thank you, thank everybody, you for, for tuning me. in. Sorry again. I understand what you were going through, what you and your wife are going through. My, my heart you know, goes out to you all and your family. Remember to take your daily L's, live, love, laugh. Stay safe. <laughs>